How are younger consumers reacting to inflation? Hello, this is Jonathan Mays, Editor-in-Chief of Restaurant Business, and in this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, I speak with Lori Rakotsi, the Associate Principal with RB Sister Company Technomic, to discuss how consumers are reacting to higher prices. Prices have soared over the past year plus, and there is some evidence that consumers are cutting back as a result, but they may not be cutting out. Younger Gen Z consumers, according to Technomic, are price shopping more than they are cutting back on dining out, at least according to surveys. Lori and I talk with operators about how they should react to this, especially with their own costs continuing to increase. We also talk convenience and why that matters far more than people think in the restaurant space. We're talking Gen Z consumers on a deeper dive, so please have a listen. All right. I am here with Lori Ricosi. Lori, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jonathan. Happy to be here. All right. Super. So first off, tell us a, a little bit about yourself and, and what you do. Sure. I'm uh, Lori Ricosi. I'm an associate principal at Technomic, and Technomic is a leading uh, research and consulting firm for the food and restaurant industry, food service and restaurant. And uh, I've been focusing a lot on menu pricing and innovation in our operator practice. All right. Super. Well, that's great because that's exactly what I want to talk right. to you about. So you are, uh, we, you're, you're, uh, one of the writers of the technomics take column every week on RB, which I, I adore, especially when you guys write things like what you did last time, uh, which is how inflation is affecting Gen Z's restaurant use. And, and that's the thing that I wanted to ask you about. Cause like, it looks like the kids and their kids, um, you know, <laughs> I mean, like uh, the kids are not cutting out dining, but they're changing how they dine. Is that that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. So one of the things, you know, we've been reporting on, as, as you have as well, has been inflation. And so, you know, just it's been the same story. And I know people are hoping it goes away. So we're just kind of I wanted to dig in a little deeper and look at some of the, you know, how specific generations were doing. And, you know, what we saw, what I found was that, you know, Gen Z wasn't cutting out restaurant visits. They were really doing a lot of comparison shopping. So they're still there, but they're really taking the tools they have. Uh, to figure out what's the the cheapest way to go and just, you know, still going out, um, not wanting to cook much at home, but just finding lower priced items on the menu. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the numbers is mm -hmm. you know, based on the survey that you, you you published is that, you know, they are much less likely than average to to cook from home more often. Um, and much and also much less likely to order from restaurants less often but they're more likely to order less expensive items right um which is you know i mean i guess it makes sense because i don't know my perception is that younger generations never know how to cook <laughs> yeah and it's you know some older older generations like me as well but yeah we saw that where it's a you know 48 percent almost half that you know of uh, consumers are saying they are cutting back and then that drops pretty low drops uh to 34 percent so just about a third of gen z staying the same so they're definitely that's definitely standing out um amongst the rest of the generations i think you know the they're they're thinking about value but in a totally different way than what some of the older generations are are thinking about value less about you know a coupon but more just really that just looking around for the best price so is is the idea then that this group is going to examine the restaurants based on price and what kind of value they're offering 
and then they're going to go to those particular restaurants and less like, you know, so, I mean, are they going to be trading down from Applebee's to McDonald's or uh, is, is that one of the concerns or are they, you think they're going to sort of look within, within sectors to just go where they find the best deal? Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit of both, but more on, I think, within the sector and within the restaurant itself. So I think, you know, we're seeing some trade down, you know, from casual dining has been you know, hurting and, and hasn't quite recovered. Uh, we're seeing fast casuals traffic go up, you know, and, you know, and then quick service go down. So it looks like there might be some some trading from the, you know, higher from FSRs down. But I think what they're doing and, you know, some of the, the Gen Z's I talked to, uh, they're actually looking within the sector and seeing which restaurants have the best deals, but also like within a restaurant. So they're actually comparing menu items uh, and just looking uh, you know, one of the, the guys in this is in the article, Mitch from Technomic was, you know, just saying how he used to, his favorite meal was this bulgogi beef, but it happens to be a couple of bucks more than the chicken. So he's still going to, he's still going to that restaurant, but he's going to get the chicken. Um, so I, I think it's really almost in this lower level of, of trading. And, you know, one of the ways that, what we're seeing, what we're hearing is people can just do that a lot easier with the third-party apps. And I think with this generation, they're used to just thinking about retail, shopping on Amazon, and there's always a way to see where you can get it here, newer, used, cheaper. And so they're thinking with that same thinking and bringing it to restaurants on third-party apps and just looking at, you know, where's where is that cheapest chicken shawarma? And they can compare pretty easily across restaurants, whether or not they use the platform to order, but they kind of get the sense of where they can get the best price so if you are you know so if you're a small chain operator or an independent restaurant and Mm -hmm. and you know you might depend somewhat heavily you know you have a substantial delivery business you're going to be better off as a lower priced option in this current market that's that's what it it seems like that's what we're hearing. That's what we're seeing. Uh, but not straight price, you know, thinking about the quality part, because certainly, you know, there's perceptions and why they're, you know, a lot of, you know, Gen Z's are, you know, kind of going to fast casual as well, is it's not purely price, it's the whole package. But there's going to be that that price. I mean, they, you know, once they have it, I think they're going to understand, you know, here's this is what I want. This is where the, the value comes in and, you know, maybe get away with the 50 cent, you know, difference here and there. Uh, but it's mostly like starting with that price point. So what if, if you're an operator, how do you mm-hmm. adjust to a market like that? Especially coming off 22, where we saw so much margin compression. Margin mm-hmm. compression was the term of the year in 2022, as far as I'm concerned. And so much concern about profitability. And now we have a situation in which, you know, we, you know, there's still a lot of economic uncertainty. We we do see some evidence, actually quite a bit of evidence that consumers are cutting back and and, and not dying out quite as much as maybe they did before. Or they're cutting or they're cutting or just reducing their spending in some form or fashion. How does an operator, you know, like and everybody wants the kids. I mean, we Mm -hmm. all want, they all want Gen Z customers. So how does an operator adjust to that? What should they be thinking about? I mean, a lot of it, like you were saying, that margin compression is just really understanding your your costs and what's selling the most. So, I mean, it sounds, you know, obviously straightforward, but uh, looking at the point of sale data and really just understanding, you know, 
what's selling most and then compare it to your cost. So we do a lot of analysis there and then kind of tracking that to seeing if, uh, you know, any price changes you're making, how that's affecting traffic and to see where that, you know, breaking point is and see if it's impacting. Because I think, you know, what we're seeing and what I would, you know, say to operators is, there's a little, they might absorb a little bit more, but it's also about, you know, knowing the competition and seeing what other people are doing. So it's a lot of just operators having to, you know, do their homework and just really understand uh, this, this price, this price elasticity and the tipping point for consumers, especially, you know, Gen Z, I think, you know, what they have been doing is kind of a, a good way to think about, you know, if we were I, in a recession, it's really like a technical term at this point, but a recession, we, you know, we kind of would expect them to to behave the same way where they're, you know, just going to be looking for a cheaper price, but not cutting out. Um, so just making sure that, you know, the prices are appropriate, that you're not losing traffic if you go too high. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the, con- one of the problems that I have with uh, still, even even now, is it's still hard to tell a lot of things. There's so much, like if you, especially if you look at publicly traded companies, there's so much noise in all of these numbers. And you know what I, exactly what I mean? Because like part of the thing I always like, because traffic is is down substantially, and then the question is, or is it down because of price, or is it because there was an unusual amount of restaurant business in 2021, which is I probably a bit of both is mm-hmm. my rough answer is that, you know, everybody unleashed the pent up demand in 2021. And then in 2022, things kind of uh, went back down to normal and then you had inflation and things like that. But even now, if we're looking at some of the data, you know, in the fast food world, which I cover most extensively is, is you, 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 you are seeing this normalization of, of, of customers Going away from ordering, you know, from going to drive through all the time, they're going back inside dining rooms more, uh, you know, where you've seen some normalization of drive through traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe some of it's shifting to delivery, uh, but that's still hard to tell. I don't know. So it kind of makes things a little bit frustrating in the current market trying to figure out, you know, based because in the old days, we would just say, well, if your traffic is down, obviously your prices are too high or consumers are cutting back. And now we can't necessarily say that with complete mm-hmm. confidence. Yeah. I mean, I think this was an article a couple of months ago that I wrote about, you know, you know, why are people cutting back and, you know, prices, obviously it's really important right now, but a lot of it's just like a, a lifestyle issue mm-hmm. where it's just, I'm not, I'm just not going out as much or, you know, thinking about that. I mean, it's obviously price and especially, you know, the, the, the options we gave in the survey, uh, COVID-19 was still pretty high, you know, even across age groups is just a concern, you know, and it kind of still, you still see those peaks and valleys, you know, come out. And then there's just that, I think normalization where, you know, one of the questions we ask every month is how often are you eating out compared now compared to, you know, 2019, what do you think? Are you or just a simple one, you know, same or more or less. And, you know, it's only about 60% of people say they're, they're back to where they were. So we're seeing that play out in different day parts. So that's another thing I think with traffic too, and the numbers got pretty, uh, you know, kind of noisy and hard to figure out as a lot of it's very, you know, specific to two day parts. We were, we'll be, as I mentioned earlier for uh, recording, we were going to the food service planning program and kind of we're going to be looking at some of the future of uh, limited service and just how people have been opting out. And one of those ways is like cutting out, uh, just like the snack, 
or the beverage, you know, so looking at that. And so some of that might be clouding the data where it looks like people are going a lot, but they're actually like, well, we used to go to that. We used to treat ourselves with that afternoon snack or the coffee and now they're not doing that. So that's cutting, cutting back a little bit. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I mean, we, you know, <laughs> the, the, like the, one of the other things that we also saw like during the pandemic is that people were going out less often, but man, they were splurging when they do. And that might be part of things what's going on right now. Good. You've got some data on that, don't you? about yeah like the the spurging where it's you know we're, we're our average checks are staying the high you know the same during the week but actually they're going out maybe one time less or you know they're still going to the fine dining or with the gen z data where you don't see them saying they're cooking at home more often they're still you know still using food service and going to um you know one of the you know things another you know data point too is just about uh, you know, behavior on inflation and expected inflation. And there's another you know point that pops out with Gen Z that's different than all the other age groups is just a less concern overall, you know, and it doesn't even matter about the income. You know, was, I think at the beginning we were doing the studies, uh, we do this quarterly study. It was more of a lower income was more concerned. And then it just creeped across to every level of income that's concerned about inflation. It was, hmm. I think the the very concerned is is more than half, like 54% or so, but then you go to Gen Z and it's like 40. So I think that's another, yeah, about being personally very concerned. So I don't know if it's just, you know, they're not maybe as engaged in the market, various reasons they don't have, you know, the families yet to worry about. So they weren't as concerned. So I think that's just playing into them not cutting back where you're looking at, 150,000 income plus and they're cutting back. So it's just a different set of responsibilities, you know, lifestyles you're maintaining, I guess, that uh, you're still going to be going out. So I thought that was interesting in the future. I think it's like a barometer of confidence or it's, or it could be that, you know, kind of coming of age and going to restaurants during the pandemic and also, you know, kind of being hit with these, you know, a global pandemic that maybe they're just not as concerned about anything because who knows? There's so many things are uncertain that, hey, maybe we should just go spend our money in restaurants. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, if you think about that generation and some of the things that they've had to endure just in really in, in a massive percentage of their of their um, uh, of their lives, you know, I mean, I have two Gen Zers. Mm, uh, you know, know. one eighteen and one fourteen. You know, and you know, so really, in the last, uh, you know, the pandemic, and then and sort of this political division that we've endured and stuff like that. Really, in the last few years, is is kind of difficult. And so, you know, to you know, to maybe to them, inflation is just sort of comparably lesser of a concern because you know they've gotten through all this other stuff. Um, you know, so so I mean, to me, there might yeah. be something to that. But, yeah. And then, you know, I think people just get used to the high numbers. I mean, I know we're seeing the inflation not go down, but it increase less. So yeah. it's not like prices are going to get cut, but I think that will just be ingrained that, well, this is what something costs. And if you're just, you know, kind of aging into buying your own food and, you know, getting out of college and, you know, being a consumer like that, it's just, this is what it costs. So I don't think mm -hmm. we're going to see as many things cut back or them it cut back as much as older generations have been. Yeah. I I do believe that like heading into in 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 into 23 that restaurants need to and 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 you guys have actually written this on on a couple of occasions. Restaurants really need to 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 um you know take a step back on price. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And, 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 and really, you know, just, and I think that there's some evidence of that, at least in some recent numbers that maybe they're starting to pull back. Certainly it's not as aggressive as it had been in the past, you know, inflation numbers came out this week, you know, which should provide some level of, you know, you know, at least some reason not to keep, you know, pushing price the way they've been. But I really think that they need to like take a step back at the very least. Cause I think it was one of the, uh, and I believe Rich wrote this a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, which is that the perception, and you can correct me if you wrote it or he did, but the perception of price, the price that's being taken is far higher mm-hmm. than the actual price that's being taken, which is probably not surprising if you really think too much yeah. of consumer perception of stuff. But still, it's 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 notable that people think prices are higher than they really are. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then now we do have plenty of evidence that people are starting to cut back that, you know, you I think they need to take it, take it easy. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I wrote that one. Um, that was the one I was thinking about. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, the, the behavioral aspect of it, whether it's reality or not, that's what people think. And I, I was looking at that data actually for Gen Z to see if they had those, you know, similar feelings. And they actually were, yeah, they, their perceptions were more in line with reality. Like their median guess was like a 15%. Whereas Mm -hmm. the other, you know, other age groups tended to be, you know, 20, 25 or so. I mean, that could be too, because, you know, they, they're mostly like doing a lot of more limited service. So there has been less of a price increase, but I thought that was interesting too. So it's like, and, and they are, they're, because I think because they're paying so much attention to price, maybe they're actually getting it right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Man, I knew I was going to get that wrong. Who wrote that? That's okay. (laughs) That's okay. We we all do. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, I, I do think now one, one thing I do think knowing the fast food businesses is that Mm -hmm. they are, you know, certainly some of the biggest ones are figuring ways to get them the value that they want without really giving it to everybody. And here's a, here's a, an example. And I'll throw out to you. I, my 14-year-old is an active member of three loyalty programs. Okay. And, you know, so when he takes, so he will take himself out to to McDonald's or Jimmy John's or or Lian Chin, a regional uh, Asian chain. And and he'll use his, he'll he very, very, very religiously use his loyalty program, which is, I think I find endlessly fascinating. And I think that's where a lot of brands, especially McDonald's for sure, is directing most of their value at that, mm-hmm. you know, at loyalty. Because they don't want to do yeah. mass, lo- they don't want to do mass discounts anymore. And that's kind of where the industry is headed. And, and I think that's, to me, I think that's a smart way to do it. Um, because then you're, you're, you're giving value to the customers that, you know, that will, you know, that's, you know, to the customers who are driven by price and you're not, um, giving it to anybody that would come to your restaurant regardless. And I think the more restaurants can do stuff like that, the better. Mm-hmm. I, I agree totally. Um, I think that's a really good point, especially on the, the Gen Z side, because, you know, we've seen they're not looking for discounts in the way people had in the past, like that one coupon or something, or or even, uh, you know, generally like a, you know, week-long special. It's that loyalty club. So we're seeing, you know, them redefine what value means. So it might be that they're still 
looking for value, but it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that. And I think with that Gen Z, uh, getting their loyalty early is obviously very important because once you're in, you're in. Um, but then using those apps, those fully integrated apps, which is basically, you know, you're on your phone all the time. Everyone is not Gen Z thing, but, uh, you know, almost gamifying the uh mm-hmm the the loyalty club and we're you know we're seeing a lot of restaurants trying to figure out now how they should restructure them um we'll be doing a deep dive study on that um, we have that you know out there in the market soon so i think it's really important especially when you were asking me earlier just what do you tell operators about getting in gen z the loyalty is really important especially i would say if you're going to make them use a qr code and order through their phone anyway you should if you're signing up and you're giving somebody all your data, you certainly need to be getting stuff out of it. So I think, right. you know, that should be coming more um, fully integrated as we move into 2023. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, and, and, and one point on that, if you look at the way McDonald's has structured its marketing at loyalty customers, if it will you know, it's promotions, it's loyalty-based promotions. And if you go back to last year where they had this summer camp promotion, um, you know, and in, in giving out like free Grimace pool floaties and things of that nature. And then, um, you know, their their promotions are generally aimed at younger and a younger audience, you know, a younger adult audience. And and those sorts of, you know, when they run those sorts of deals, it it it's it's pretty clear to me that they're they're targeting younger consumers, are even a younger consumer than traditionally dines at McDonald's. They're targeting a younger consumer with some of those promotions. In fact, now hindsight, I was interviewing um, I was interviewing somebody from McDonald's, and now I should have asked them about that, but I didn't. But you know, so but you know, they're they're clearly aiming targeting a younger consumer with mm-hmm. with their loyalty programs as they should. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're really leading the way. I think they're, you know, pushing other, you know, especially fast food to, to up their game there. And, you know, if you're talking about the adult Happy Meal, I actually got one of those. And it oh, really, gra- yeah. I, and then I was like, why did you should open the package? I'm like, I, I usually don't. But then he always makes fun of me for never opening the package. But I wanted it. So I got the Grimace. I got the Grimace with the multiple eyes. I got the Hamburglar with oh, four eyed Hamburglar. And I that good. was enough. I, I was good. That was good. Yeah. I got the hamburger. It's got it sitting on uh, on a shelf over here, uh, you know, and it's it's oddly creepy. I still don't <laughs> understand that. That whole promotion is still uh, has to be one of the most surprising of the year to me. It's successful. Never... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, had you heard of Cactus Plant Flea Market before that came up? No, yeah. uh, no, I did not. But yeah, I guess it's not for me. <laughs> no. Well, I, but yeah, I like my 18 year old who would theoretically should and no he hadn't heard of it 14 year old not heard of it i've talked to a number of people inside mcdonald's didn't hear of it now you know now you know a lot of the marketing people did but it's probably their job Mm -hmm. uh but i just i I found that fascinating i want to talk real quick before we before we're done here about another column you wrote uh you wrote it uh which is on on essentially on convenience and this is the one mm. I think of the things that you've written for me. This is the one that probably caught me by surprise. I mean, it didn't and it did. So the one that surprises me is just how much less socialization is a reason yeah. for dining out than I'm tired and won't want to do any work. And in in I guess if you think about it, that's kind of drives the entire fast food sector. <laughs> but like 
Yeah, I you know, you'd think with some of the numbers behind some of these restaurants, you'd think the socialization would be a bigger, bigger, bigger drive. But like it's 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 pretty clear that you know consumers um uh are are it's just it's it's just a they lack time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was surprised by that one too, you know, because we, even at Technomic, we tend, you know, you talk about, you know, people, why people go, it's that social experience, that time to bond. And, you know, that's how it's been. And then you see the data, like it is, I think it was ex- too tired to cook and no time. Like, yeah. It was like 35 and it was up there, you know, and then socialization was pretty low. Yeah. And I think, you know, even when they're socializing, even if you're going to a place to socialize, it's still convenience is going to be top of mind or speed. You know, it's like still to make sure you're just don't feel like you're sitting there wasting time. And it's still, after, you know, goes back to service. And, and that one, I, 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 I think, you know, Gen Z was obviously looking for convenience, but what really stood out, which also shouldn't be a big surprise, was there was definitely a gender divide on that one where um, the exhausted exhausted one was by far uh, more women had said mm. that was their reason um so thinking about you know to be tend to be families and things like that that's going to be the one where the speed and convenience is even more important um yeah that one that one stood out <laughs> yeah yeah the, the the numbers are 25 percent said that it's because of socialization and then like 35 percent they don't have time to cook and 38 percent don't have the energy to cook you should do the math and that's like more than three quarters. Well, it's almost yeah. three quarters. We either don't have the time or the energy. And that's uh it's it's again, it's it's it shouldn't really be surprising. And if you look at the way the industry has gone and and it continues to go, like it it is still even after some of this normalization that we saw post-pandemic, it's still pretty heavy. It's still really heavily towards the convenience end of the spectrum. And the mm-hmm. convenience just matters. And I think that if you're any kind of restaurant you have to think of 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 this convenience element i mean i mean except for a, a specific type type of restaurant but i think if i'm starting a restaurant today i'm looking for ways that i can address that convenience element because that's where most of the customers that's how most of the customers think of their dining decisions Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A, you know, if you're starting a restaurant, a second mover advantage to just start with convenience as your your top focus, and then what makes wakes that it's you know the digital ordering, and then then service. You know, whatever touch point it is has to be just on. And I think with digital, with uh, the order ahead, I think that's going to be uh, the next phase of order ahead, but maybe dine in, not order ahead and, and leave. I think just to be able to cut down. I mean, I I personally won't really don't go anywhere for lunch unless I can order it ahead. Cause like, hmm. you know, you think about your limited time and you're not going to want to stand in line. So it's, you know, but a lot of times I just order it ahead and they pack it up to go, but then I sit and eat it cause I still want to get out. <laughs> so right. I think you're going to see a lot of the, you know, more of the digital for boosting convenience. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Lori, this was fantastic. Thank you for joining yeah. me this week on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And that should do it for this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, which was edited, as always, by Kimmy Kazmarek, artwork by Nico Hines. You may find this and other episodes of the podcast on our website at www.restaurantbusinessonline.com backslash article backslash deeper dash dive. You may also find them on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere else you get your podcasts. I'm Jonathan Mays, your host, podcast producer, and the editor-in-chief of Restaurant Business. Thank you for listening. 